Welcome to the Warrior School podcast, the podcast for women who train. I believe following a plan that works with your body and has a timeline of years is the future of women's training. I also believe women can train hard. We just need to learn how to do it in a respectful way. So Warrior, this is your go-to show for practical information on training, nutrition, hormones, and performance. Myself and tons of experts will help you create a training strategy that works with your body and gets results. I am your teacher, Amy Bow, coach, dietitian, and the creator of Warrior School. Okay, Warrior Woman, let's do this. Warrior Woman, welcome back to the Warrior School podcast. This is episode 128. And we're going to spend some solo time together today, which I love. I love spending solo time with you. It's Friday. It's 9.40 a.m. And I've been up since 4.30 a.m. Hank woke me up at 4.30 this morning. uh, And so we got up. I took him out. We came back home. Uh, He had breakfast. I made a snack, had some coffee, sat down at my computer and did an hour of work on our monthly internal event that we are having inside of Warrior School tomorrow. So every month we have uh, a few live events and tomorrow's live event is on how we can move through pain and injury. So injury is a really big part of my story. I come from a gymnastics and dancing background, but after I finished school, I shifted into running. And, you know, while I was at university for five years, I ran a lot. I wasn't good at it when I started, so I ran a lot to perfect the gait, to get very good at running. This excessive running paired with no strength training, hours of sitting to study and stress made me weak and caused lower back pain. And this was in 2012. And 2012, well, the start of that year, well, she gifted me with uh, starting my master's in dietetics, which in the end was super clinical and unsatisfying, Uh, a horrible relationship breakdown, 5 a.m. starts, uh, you know, excessive exercise. I got shingles and I started to develop chronic back pain. And in 2014, I suffered a really bad flare up. And I remember I was flat on my back on the floor, unable to get up. So after this, I was referred to a trainer who specialized in rehabilitation. And he was, or he is, one of the most intelligent, innovative, unconventional uh, coaches I've ever met. And I've had the privilege to work with. So he became my teacher, my mentor, and my dear friend. And we worked together for just over five years. 
And when we started our work together, I remember being so weak, I couldn't lift a 20 kilo bar off the ground. I was super scared to train and I didn't trust my body. In those first 12 months, he taught me how to rebuild my body from the ground up, how to rebuild my foundation. So piece by piece, we created a healthier, stronger spine and a resilient structure. And then it took years after that to build a strong, resilient and capable body, the one that I actually have today. So I went from being able to, you know, not being able to pick up 20 kilos to clean and jerking over 80 kilos, uh, which is was well above my body weight at that time, which is pretty cool. But, you know, to that story, what you don't hear and what I'm not going to go into today is, you know, you don't see the hundreds of hours of work that went into building this strength. Uh, And you don't see the numerous injuries and pain and discomfort I experienced over the last 10 years in developing this foundation. But you see, pain is normal. Uh, It is a normal part of being a human and it is definitely a normal part of training and pain is okay. And I believe that when we understand it, we can learn how to manage it and it becomes way less scary. So in our live event tomorrow, we're going to talk about how to move through pain and injury. Now, today's podcast uh, episode is not on pain and injury, although it is a very cool podcast uh, topic, one that I will do in the future. We actually have a theme during the month inside of Warrior School. So this month, it is all about pain and discomfort and injuries uh, and how we move through that. So I'll do a, we have an internal podcast inside of Warrior School. So the internal podcast will be on this topic. Our event tomorrow will be on this topic, uh, which is super cool. So finished my second coffee, just finished the content for that. Uh, But today we're actually going to talk about training with your cycle, how to work with your physiology in your 30s, 40s, 50s and beyond. So I write a monthly newsletter called Warrior Words and It has exclusive education on relevant training topics to help you develop greater confidence in your training. So this month, the newsletter was on training with your cycle, working with your physiology. And I wanted to give you a continuation to the story I just told you about, um, you know, pain being very much a part of my story. And then, you know, the, The next part of my story when I was Olympic weightlifting is learning about my hormones and my cycle and my physiology. So it's like a part two or, you know, a continuation of of my story. And so after I moved out of being in pain to being pain-free, you know, away from not trusting my body, to then trusting it again and feeling more confident in it. I trained a lot, like 
three or four hours a day, six days a week. Olympic lifting mostly. So this is when I was uh, training and competing in Olympic weightlifting. And some days training felt great. I lifted heavy, I got a PB and I had loads of energy and others I felt slow and heavy and tired or I actually just couldn't train at all. And a couple of years into lifting, I began to notice that I was having more days where training didn't feel good. I felt tired and irritable all the time and I wasn't progressing in my training. And eventually it took its toll on me. One night in Barbell Club uh, during a session, I got injured in a clean. I dislocated one of my ribs or they call it a subluxation. So if you're looking at me from behind, the rib head connects into near the spine. And so my fourth rib subluxated, which just means the head of the rib popped out. It's like kind of like a dislocation. Uh, And I couldn't even move freely or without pain, let alone train. And it was about five months, actually, until I went back to the barbell. And so I thought I was really good at nourishing my body, at taking care of my body, you know, eating enough food, sleeping, resting. Uh, I followed a good program. I had an amazing coach. I did mobility uh, to support my training, but something was missing. And so while I was injured, I started to research hormones and the menstrual cycle. I actually found some work by Dr. Stacey Sims and (laughs) I realized that I was 28 years old and I didn't know my cycle. I didn't understand my physiology, which is crazy. I knew I had a cycle and my cycle had always arrived regularly on time and mostly without symptoms, but I didn't know anything about our hormones. I didn't know that our hormones change during our cycle and that this can impact, you know, how we feel, our energy, our recovery, our sleep, our temperature and our strength. So I uncovered this whole new world. And you have to remember that, you know, I did a Bachelor of Exercise Science and Nutrition, then I did a Master's in Dietetics and we weren't taught this stuff. <laughs> so I uncovered this world uh, where, you know, really one of the leaders is Dr. Stacey Sims. And so as I was returning to my training, uh, I started to pay attention to my cycle. And I just started by writing the day of my cycle at the top of my training diary. So I've been keeping a training diary for almost 10 years now. uh, And I've been tracking my cycle Uh, in that same diary for about six years now. So as I was returning to training, I started to write the day of my cycle at the top of my training diary, along with whatever else I noticed from my practice. And this is a really big thing that we do inside of warrior school. So all my warriors have journals and in their journals, they'll write their training. They'll also write like, how did training feel? What did they notice? What did training teach them today? You know, what are some of their metabolic markers telling them? How's their sleep? What day of their cycle are they on? 
And so when I started this, after a few months, I could actually see some patterns, uh, patterns in terms of how I felt, you know, how the training went and what day I was on in my cycle. And these patterns really helped me start to understand where I was in my cycle and what was happening with my hormones. And I really started to get an understanding of my body and my physiology. I essentially started to train with my cycle because I started to tweak my training to honor these changing needs of my body. And for the past six years, I have been tracking my training and my cycle. But here's what I've learned. How well you fuel yourself and recover has a bigger impact on your training than your cycle. So what I now know is that I wasn't actually fueling myself well enough and I was overtraining. And this is why I was tired all of the time and not making progress in my training. And this had a bigger impact on my training than my cycle. And so today when I talk about training with the menstrual cycle, I am coming from this place of my own experience. And I'm also talking about general findings or trends with our hormones, our physiology, and how our body responds. So a lot of the work we do inside of Warrior School is around building a strong foundation. So learning how to fuel and recover well to support our hormones uh, and our physiology so we can actually train hard and get strong. So within the research, you know, some findings and trends say that during the follicular phase, so from our bleed to ovulation or the first phase of our cycle, which can also be called our low hormone phase. Uh, and that term uh, was created by Dr. Stacey Sims. It is recommended to lift heavy, do higher intensity training and to push hard. And then during your luteal phase, so ovulation to the first day of bleeding again, which is the second phase of our cycle or our high hormone phase, it is encouraged to focus on technique work, mobility, more volume with less intensity and recovery. But I've had some of my best training days on day 26 or day one of my cycle when uh, less intensity is encouraged. And I've had some of my worst training days on day 14 when it's recommended to lift heavy and push harder. So what's going on? Well, this is why I believe that how well you fuel yourself and recover has a bigger impact on your training than where you are in your cycle. And each woman I've worked with over the last like 13 or 14 years is a little different, you know, and especially when she's transitioning into perimenopause, when there becomes quite an irregularity with her hormones and her menstrual cycles. So when it comes to working with her physiology and training with her cycle, it can look a little different each time during perimenopause. And this is why tracking her cycle is really key and I've actually done a workshop on why tracking your training and cycle will help you get stronger and better results. And I'll pop the link to that workshop, that free 60 minute workshop in the show notes. So actually the other day, Dr. Stacey Sims made a really cool post and she says, 
women can perform their best at every point in the menstrual cycle because performance is different from training. And I really love that. I think they're, um, and I'll go in and I'll give you a little bit of context uh, to the post. So she says that means adjusting training sessions to leverage how our bodies respond to stress according to the hormonal fluctuations of our menstrual cycle. But it's important to bear in mind that this doesn't mean there's a bad time of the month for performance. You can crank out a PR at any phase of your cycle. And she was really making an important distinction between performance and training. And she goes on to say, because sometimes people think that because I recommend tailoring training according to a female's hormonal fluctuations, I'm also implying that performance itself will vary during the cycle. That's not necessarily the case. Women can perform their best at every point in the menstrual cycle because performance is different from training. Your best effort may feel a little harder or easier depending on where you are in your cycle, but you can perform your best. And so it's really important to remember that we can perform our best at every point in our menstrual cycle because performance is very different from training or from the practice. Whereas we think of the practice and we think of training and maybe I train five days a week uh, and you look at my menstrual cycle that goes for about 28 days, there are differences that happen within our cycle that can make it harder to push, uh, to lift heavy. You know, it can affect our energy or our sleep, uh, our temperature. Uh, And so this is what I I wanted to go into and talk about, you know, how should we train in our cycle years and should we train differently in our 40s and 50s and beyond? So let's actually chat about it. Let's take a look. So your cycle years are from when you start cycling until when you get into perimenopause. And there is growing research on the impact or the potential impact of estrogen and progesterone uh, on your physiology and your training. So, and, and these mostly happen in your luteal phase. So that high hormone phase, that second phase of your cycle. So from around maybe day 14, just after ovulation until, you know, around day 28, And these hormonal changes may impact your energy, how you feel, how you use food as fuel, your recovery, your temperature. But it's not about, it's not 100% about not training in this phase. It's about understanding what's going on and putting strategies in place. And so there are a few key things that I wanted to talk through and highlight. When estrogen peaks, it can make it harder for you to use glycogen, which is stored in your muscles. So some research has shown that estrogen may enhance fat use uh, and spares glycogen. So by relying more on fat for energy, fatigue can be delayed uh, and it can favor this endurance performance. But fat is way less readily available during high intensity exercise. So We could fatigue faster because we can't pull on and access that glycogen, which is the fuel for that um, high intensity, fast uh, type of exercise. 
Then we have higher progesterone and high progesterone promotes protein catabolism. So that means catabolism means breaking down and it can break down our muscles. So this is why having a little bit of protein before and after allows your muscles to recover and adapt better. High uh, progesterone can also increase sodium losses and delay your sweat response. And Dr. Stacey Sims has some really cool stuff in her book, Roar, around hydration. So especially if you're an endurance athlete, uh, to you know, you really need to understand hydration, how to hydrate yourself, how to help regulate your core temperature. Because um, higher progesterone also increases our core temperature by about half a degree Celsius. And this can make us prone to heat stress and more easily fatigued, uh, especially during longer sessions or workouts. And if we're um, training or racing in hot, humid environments. Some research has also shown that we have an increase in appetite, that our metabolism actually increases by about 200 calories a day. So that's about, you know, five to 10%. So we need to make sure that we are eating enough calories to support our physiology and then our training on top of this. So in warrior school, I teach my women, uh, how to adjust their training sessions according to the hormonal fluctuations of their menstrual cycle and their recovery. So what we actually focus on is three things uh, to be able to train hard and recover well in the luteal phase where it can feel a little bit harder. And from a physiological perspective, you know, there's some stuff going on that um, that can impact our uh, training and our recovery. So the first one is eating enough calories. So making sure that we're eating to support our basal metabolic rate uh, and then our training on top of this. And then we even need to look at adding an extra 200 calories uh, around our training to really support that increase uh, in our metabolic rate in this, this phase of our cycle. We also want to meet our protein requirements because estrogen and progesterone peak in the mid luteal phase, increasing protein oxidation at rest. So we really want to make sure we're getting enough protein. So we need to pump up our protein and we can we can do that before and after exercise. So we want to aim for about 100 to 150 grams of quality protein per day. Uh, to support our recovery and to help maintain our muscle mass. But then we also want to look at fueling pre and post, especially if we're strength training to support that recovery. And then the third thing that we look at inside of Warrior School is modifying your training if needed. And this is actually a really cool topic. And I'm going to do a podcast episode on it. Because having the confidence to be able to modify your training based on where you are in your cycle, based on your energy, based on, you know, uh, injury or pain or discomfort is actually an art. It's a skill. Uh, And so I'll do a podcast episode on the art or the skill of modifying your training. So the third thing we focus on is being able and having the confidence to modify the training if we feel like we need it. Uh, Because, 
you know, we have higher progesterone, so our core body temperature is higher. You know, our time for t- to fatigue can be quicker. Uh, and then, you know, uh, we, we have, a, have some other stuff going on. So we can find it a little harder. And what I've actually found through my own experience and through working with so many women now uh, and helping them learn how to train with their physiology and with their cycles, I found that we tolerate lower reps and higher sets better in this phase of our cycle, which is super cool. Now, that's not a randomized controlled trial or evidence based at all. For those of you who know me, you know, I'm not much of an evidence-based person. There's so much wrong with actually evidence-based research. I'm more of a qualitative, um, find patterns and themes. And look, I've been doing it for like 14 years now. And after you work with hundreds and hundreds of women, uh, you get pretty good at seeing patterns. Also, I've been tracking for almost 10 years. And so I have 10 years of data And what I have found is that when I am in my second phase of my cycle, like I'm on day 28 right now. And so day 28 paired with waking up at 4.30 a.m. So I only had six hours of sleep. I'm talking now and it's harder for me to catch my breath. I feel feel warmer, like I feel hotter. Uh, And I'm not going to train today uh, based on, you know, a few variables. But... I have had great sessions, you know, if I've had enough sleep, uh, if, you know, I've eaten enough the day before, I I can feel pretty good. But sometimes I do modify my training. And what I have found is that I tolerate, and a lot of women that I work with actually tolerate lower reps and higher sets better in this phase of our cycle, especially if it is heavy strength training or if it's a complex like gymnastics skill, like a pull-up. I found that it's just harder for us to, to concentrate and focus. We also can fatigue a little bit quicker. So if we're trying to demand more reps, that is demanding more attention and focus within that set where we're trying to do all of those reps. An example could be, you know, any of my pulling work, When I get to the second phase of my cycle, I like to do lower reps of pulling. It can still be a complex movement or it can still be weighted or heavy. I just do less reps and I do more sets because this allows me to actually rest or rest longer between sets if needed. Uh, And I can then, I, I just have better focus. Whereas in the first phase of my cycle and with a lot of my women in warrior school, They tend to tolerate higher reps and lower sets better, which is super cool. It's really interesting. Um, You know, in the first phase of our cycle, our hormones really support us in our attention and our focus. uh, and, And so we can actually push the reps and we can do more volume of work uh, in that first phase of our cycle. We also want to focus on recovery. And so I said at the start of the episode, you know, I believe that how well we fuel ourselves and recover has a greater impact on our training than our cycle. And I've done quite a few podcast episodes on recovery. And so I'll pop the 
any related podcast episode uh, to this topic in the show notes. So I highly recommend you go back and listen to, I think there's like a dozen uh, previous podcast episodes. Okay, so that's training in our cycle years. Let's recap. So I highly recommend that you start to track your cycle and it can just be as easy as writing the day of your cycle in your calendar, in your journal, if you keep a training journal, and I highly recommend that you keep a training journal and watch that free workshop in the show notes uh, and that will tell you why. Uh, And then just start to notice, notice patterns. See if you can find any patterns of what day you're on Uh, you know, where you're at in your cycle, how did training feel, how did you feel? So a few of my warrior women inside of warrior school, they feel really great and then they get to ovulation and they have a couple of really hard days where they struggle with their mood, they struggle with their blood sugar regulation, their sleep goes a bit wacky, their energy is low. And so they found that just through tracking. Now we can put in a strategy, we can put in a system to support them in that, um, you know, with that data, with their findings. And so a couple of my women in warrior school actually have a particular system or strategy that they put in place around ovulation. Other women inside of warrior school tend to find the last five days of their cycle really hard and so again it's not about not training we focus on those three things that I went through am I eating enough so am I fueling myself well enough am I balancing my meals am I eating enough protein is the second one we really need to make sure we're hitting our protein goals and then we're putting um, pre and post snacks into our day around our training to help recovery Then the third one is modifying their training. So I teach them inside of warrior school how to modify their training. And that could look like um, doing less volume, but keeping the intensity. It could look like resting longer between sets. Uh, Some of my warriors actually have, you know, different programming for the last three to five days of their cycle. Uh, Some we really prioritize um, recovery, just walking, sleeping and mobility work. And it all depends on your cycle, your physiology, what your body's telling you. But in that last phase, we really want to prioritize recovery even more so than the first phase of our cycle. Recovery is important, you know, all of the time for training, uh, but especially in that last phase of the cycle. So what about training in our 40s and 50s? Does it look different? Uh, You know, what do we need to focus on? I'm just going to have a sip of water. My throat is a little funky. I don't know if you can hear that, but it's a little strained. I should have done some voice warm ups before we started the podcast. So training in our 40s and 50s. (laughs) Oh, When we get to our 40s and our 50s, we can feel a little bit stuck with this stuff, with this training, nutrition, health, body composition stuff. 
And two of the most common complaints I hear during uh, during our 40s and 50s or during this like perimenopausal menopausal transition are changes in body composition and lack of results in training. And maybe you feel like this right now. You're listening and you're like, yes, I feel this. I, you know, and I often hear women say, I just don't look and feel like me anymore and nothing seems to work. It's super overwhelming. It's super frustrating. And so let's actually have a little bit of a look of what's happening during perimenopause. And then we'll look at, okay, so what do we do? You know, how can we train with our physiology? What do we need to do to support ourselves to get, you know, the most out of our training, to get stronger and to feel great in our body? So perimenopause specifically is around the four to five years before your period completely stops. So... When you, when you haven't had a period for 12 months, we can mark that day in the calendar as menopause. So menopause is that one day, you know, we can draw some nice little colors around it, celebrate, and then we move into postmenopausal. So during perimenopause, you know, the, the lead up to that, that, that 12 months since your last period Estrogen can go on a little bit of a roller coaster ride. She goes a little wild while progesterone slowly declines. And estrogen and progesterone, being our main players, our main females on the stage, have a direct impact on, well, everything, everything. And when they change during this transition, it can create some chaos or a hell of a lot of chaos in some women. But the really cool thing is, uh, and this came up on my conversation with Dr. Stacey Sims, episode 100, How to Master Menopause. If you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend you listen to it. If you've listened to it once, I highly recommend you go back again. If you know of another warrior that needs to hear it, I highly recommend that you share it with her. Uh, We talked about if we change our training and our nutrition, our body might respond to the menopausal transition a little bit easier, which is super cool and super empowering. Or it can actually lessen the issues that come with perimenopause and menopause, which is also really, really cool. Because estrogen and progesterone impact Yes, everything. They they also impact carbohydrate metabolism and lean muscle mass. So when we start to have a change in ratios of them, we can have more insulin resistance, meaning your body isn't as good at storing carbs in the liver and muscles, so you can start using and storing more fat. So during your cycle years, you had estrogen on your side. She was on your side. She was on stage. She was there. She was powerful. She was Beyonce. She was belting out, you know, songs. And she helps you, you know, build muscle and support your metabolism. But as you start to get towards the end of perimenopause and you're going into menopause, she's declining. So you have to have... 
Um, so we have to look at what we can do to stimulate that. So we need that same stimulation and it needs to come then from an external stimulus. And this is why lifting heavy weights is so important for women, not just in their 40s or 50s, not just women who are going through perimenopause and menopause, all women. But particularly if you're in your 40s and you're starting to transition into perimenopause, you need to lift heavy weights. Or as Dr. Stacey Sims says, lift heavy shit. It gives you the same stimulus as estrogen. We also need to eat enough quality protein to help maintain our muscle mass that we have or prevent any further loss of muscle mass. You don't want to lose your muscle mass. For me, I just want to be a big, strong girl. One of my goals in life is to put on as much muscle mass as I possibly can before I get to perimenopause because this is going to help support my metabolism and my hormones and it's going to help me stay strong. So you need to eat enough quality protein to help maintain or prevent muscle mass loss. This will also help support your metabolism and your hormones, and it will help you build strength. And then you need to be on top of your recovery as it can take you longer to recover. So here we bring back in this concept of how you fuel and recover has a greater impact on your training than where you are in your life cycle of your cycle. So there are three key things that I focus on in warrior school with my women who are in perimenopause, you know, after 40. Most of the women that I work with in warrior school are in their 40s or 50s or 60s. The first one is we need to polarize their training. So a lot of women that I've worked with have spent this Uh, time in the middle, you know, doing this moderate intensity training most of their life. But in the podcast with Dr. Stacey Sims, she talks about training high and training low, this concept of polarizing our training and how when we get into our 40s, we really need to focus on polarizing our training. And so what does that mean? Well, training low focuses on Uh, mobility and flexibility, walking, doing active recovery sessions. Now, training high means lifting heavy weights, Uh, you know, three or four times per week, Uh, you know, lifting a load that we can only do for like six reps. Where a lot of women get stuck is that they train in this middle space. And this is this kind of like hit style of training, this moving fast, um, you know, this, the feeling that, you know, you love around, yeah, I just like to sweat, you know, feel my heart rate high, sweat, orange theory, F45, you know, some, some CrossFit or especially the, you know, the um, AMRAP portion of CrossFit uh, or poorly programmed CrossFit just keeps you in this moderate intensity space. And she she talks about how, you know, we already have higher levels of cortisol at this stage of our life. 
you know, our body is already a little bit stressed. And this moderate intensity exercise actually just creates more stress and works against our body. And so when women come into warrior school, I actually take them low. So we train low for quite a while. We do mobility, flexibility, body weight, strength work. They walk and we build this foundation. And then about six to nine months in, we then go up and we train high. And they go into lifting heavy weights. They strength train three or four times per week. uh, And they work between one to six reps where, you know, and then they work on progressively getting heavier and heavier. Because lifting weights will help you maintain your muscle mass and it will build strength. It's also good for um, bone health. And then some of my women do a little bit of plyometric work, uh, And the plyometric work doing it, you know, for 10 minutes, three times a week has been shown to support bone density. So this concept of polarizing your training, think about your training. Are you just training in the middle? You know, this top end training should be so fatiguing on your nervous system. You should be working at heavy loads where you're going to have, you know, you're hovering on technique breakdown. Uh, Now, of course, you don't want to go to technical failure or breakdown, but you want to lift, you want to stimulate that nervous system. Uh, And then are you training low? So are you actually spending time working on your flexibility, uh, your mobility? Are you getting your steps in every day? The second thing that we focus on in warrior school to support ourselves during perimenopause is to eat enough calories. So this is also the same in our cycle years. It's the same no matter where we are. Everyone needs to eat enough food, especially women. We need to eat enough calories. And then, you know, so many women that I start working with aren't eating enough. And then they're training on top of this. And it's just very stressful on the body. So we need to get very clear on what does our body need What's our basal metabolic rate? What's our energy expenditure? What's our body need? You know, how, how much do we need to eat to support our physiology and then our training on top of this? The third thing that we focus on is pumping up the protein. Pumping up the protein. Yep, it's the same as in your cycle years. You need to eat enough protein. Aim for 1.5 to 2 grams per kilo of body mass per day. That's an average of 100 to 150 grams. I eat about 140 grams of protein a day. I, we really need to focus on eating enough quality protein. Protein will feed our muscles. We need our muscles to be fed. We also need to eat enough Because if we're not eating enough, the body has to get that energy from somewhere. And what does it do? Well, it eats our muscle mass. And we don't want our muscles to be eaten. We need to savor our muscle mass. So those are the three things that we really focus on inside of Warrior School. If uh, we're in our 40s or 50s or even postmenopausal. And so this is why in warrior school, we spend the first three to six months training low. 
as I said, we work on mobility, stability, movement patterns, technique. We build the foundation. Uh, we make sure that they're eating enough food. And then around six to nine months, my warriors start training at the top, training high, training really hard. We focus on intensity and lifting heavy. Uh, and then we prioritize recovery. Okay, so warrior, if you want to learn more about how to train with your body and your cycle, your physiology, so you can get stronger, you can feel great in your body, you can build more muscle mass, uh, you know, you can change your body composition. I really invite you to check out Warrior School. We love this stuff. It's our jam. Uh, you know, we all, every woman inside of Warrior School, if she's in her cycle years, she's tracking her cycle. If she's going through perimenopause, she's focusing on the things that we just spoke about. They're a really big part of her practice, a big part of her plan and her strategy. So I'll pop the link. You can check Warrior School out. Uh, if you feel like it's your jam and you want to join these amazing women who are training with their bodies and their cycles and their physiology, just click the apply now link, fill out the application form. And if you are the right fit, we'll jump on a call and we'll have a chat. We'll just talk about your training, uh, about your hormones, about your goals, uh, and so much more. Okay, Warrior Woman, I will pop all relevant podcast episodes in the show notes. I will also pop the link to the free training on tracking your training and cycle. Uh, and then I'll pop the links to Warrior School in there. All right, Warrior, I'm going to go and rest, rest my voice. And I might even have a nap today. Uh, also, I highly recommend that you check out Dr. Stacey Sims' work. Uh, she has a book out. It's called Roar. She just released her new book called Next Level, and that is all about uh, perimenopause and menopause. I'll also pop the links into the show notes. And if you liked what we spoke about today, remember that there's a three-part series on tracking your cycle, and I'm just updating it right now, which is super cool. So... Uh, it's going to be better, uh, way more informative. We're going to focus quite a lot on training in your 40s and 50s. So that's going to come in the next couple of months. That will just replace um, the current three-part video series. All right, Warrior Woman, thanks so much for joining me for episode 128. How cool. I'm on day 28 of my cycle. And we just recorded episode 128. I like it. Um, okay, that's it for now. Warrior Woman, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't, please give the podcast some love by subscribing now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and share it with another Warrior Woman. Also, if you want to go crazy, I'd love if you wrote a review for the Warrior School podcast. And also share and tag me with your biggest takeaways for the episode on the gram. Okay, Warrior Woman, have a great week in training. Bye for now.